You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. With over 20 years of working in Vietnam and Cambodia, Warwick Klein is no longer a stranger to Southeast Asia. He moved to Vietnam in 1998 and has since taken big tax advisory roles in the country. He's even recognized as one of Vietnam's leading tax professionals. Warwick is currently the managing partner of Deals, Tax and Legal and chairman and CEO of KPMG in Vietnam and Cambodia. Warwick is well known and respected by the corporate community in Vietnam and has extensive experience working with the authorities at all levels of the government. He is also a frequent commentator in the Vietnamese media on tax and business issues. In today's episode of Vietnam Innovators, we asked Warwick Klein about his choice to move and work in Vietnam just years after he graduated from New Zealand and what his contributions to the financial sector here in his second home and, of course, the role KPMG plays in the local financial industry. What's up, guys? It's your host, Hao Tran here, the CEO of Vietcetera. It's been a while since we had another regular episode of Vietnam Innovators. So thank you for everyone that's been following us over the last six, seven months since Vietnam Innovators started. Uh, it's been a podcast that's been tr- tremendously successful for Vietcetera, as well as the first of many podcast shows that have since been born on the network. So thank you again for your readership. Uh, today is the second uh, season of Vietnam Innovators. It's the first episode of the second season. We want to give a big thanks to our partners for this season, KPMG, of which we have the chairman and CEO of Cambodia and Vietnam here on the show today. And of course, our friends at ELSA, which stands for the English Language Speaking Assistance app. They're also sponsoring the season of Vietnam Innovators, so big thanks to them as well. But moving uh, to today's episode, we'd like to welcome our guest, Again, he's the chairman and CEO of KPMG Vietnam and Cambodia. His name's Warwick Klein. He's a Kiwi. He's been in Vietnam for 23 years. Um, He's also a regular at uh, my restaurant, CTY, of which he hasn't been able to go to for some time. So Warwick, it's been a while since I've seen you, unfortunately, but hopefully very soon we'll welcome you back. Um, But meanwhile, we'll have to welcome you to today's show. Warwick, uh, please take uh, the time here to, to share more about yourself and what your role entails at KPMG. Great. Well, thank, thanks, Hal. Really, really great to be on uh, on the show and great to see you as well. And yeah, sorry we can't meet at CTY. I, I hope we're going to be back there before too long. Uh, I'm really missing that place and everything that comes with it. But uh, look, I, I, uh, I, as you say, I've been in Vietnam for a long time. I've, I've got, I think, one of the best jobs in the, in the country, which is to be the chairman and CEO of KPMG. Uh, it's been something that I've been doing for a long time now. We're a really um, you know, interesting organization. I get to work with great people both inside the organization and outside as well. We're the, we're the biggest professional services organization in Vietnam and Cambodia. So the privilege of leading that is, uh, is really, really good. As you said, I'm from, uh, from New Zealand. I, I, uh, you can probably tell that by my sophisticated and cultured accent. Um, but, you know, that's a long time behind me, uh, uh, as much as I love going back there and hope to be back there one day. Right now, Vietnam is where, where it's at. 
Uh, as well as KPMG, I get to do other things. I'm the chairman of the New Zealand Chamber of Commerce here, who is a, a small and exclusive group primarily focused on drinking uh, great New Zealand wine. Uh, and I work a lot with the British uh, uh, Britain, British Corporate Advocacy Council, who works with the biggest British companies in Vietnam and, and making sure the UK has a voice, particularly after Brexit. And uh, in my free time, I'm really privileged to be an adjunct industry professor at RMIT, which has, um, you know, really got some of the smartest minds in Vietnam, both on its faculty, but also in the student body. And uh, it's great working and, and uh, uh, learning with those guys. So, yeah, that's me. And uh, look forward to sharing a bit about me and my organization today as we uh, as we talk about um, what's going on at the moment. Excellent. Thank you for the introduction, work. And it sounds like you're doing uh, quite a bit. Uh, but KMG, I'm sure it takes the majority of your time. Uh, it sounds like you kind of like oversaw the kind of the beginning of KBMG in Vietnam and Cambodia. Uh, you know, forgive me if I'm incorrect there, but uh, 23 years, that's more or less around the same time that Vietnam also opened to the West or the majority of the West. Um, I'd love for you to share more about how that company, uh, this company started in Vietnam and Cambodia and, um, you know, kind of how that's changed to what, to what you're doing now. I, I understand you're very focused on innovation, agile, digital transformation. I bet those words didn't even exist uh, 23 years ago. So maybe you can start with that. Yeah, you're right. So correct. I mean, KPMG came into Vietnam with many of the multinationals who took the opportunity in the mid-90s after the Clinton administration lifted the the most serious embargoes against Vietnam and, and allowed MNCs and, and uh, other investors to start coming in here, uh, participating in what Vietnam was doing, which was opening up its economy and reforming uh, in a process which was known as Doi Moi. So, so KPMG came in here at that time uh, with our big clients. So, you know, we followed in organizations like Pepsi and Caltex and HSBC and Citibank that were all establishing their presence in, in Vietnam. These guys are global clients of KPMG. And, and you know, we sent teams of people in uh, initially from Singapore and Malaysia to, to get the ball rolling and to get a presence on the ground here uh, and, and to make sure that KPMG was represented and that we could provide global global service to or global standard service to these these multinational companies and I came in um, a couple of years after that had all started I was I was uh, a 25 year old looking for uh, an adventure uh, originally at that point working with KPMG in New Zealand and the in our tax team and uh, came up here to really help the team get going and to and and to um, and to service those clients and I think when I arrived we had probably around thirty people uh, in our office here in uh, in Ho Chi Minh City. Um, today we have one thousand eight hundred people in in KPMG Vietnam and Cambodia. So the organisation has grown immensely over um, you know those 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 twenty plus years, uh, really in keeping with Vietnam's growth and the growth of our clients also. So it's been uh, you know it's been a great journey, really really good fun participating in that. I, I was I was very um, fortunate to take a leadership role in the firm very early in my tenure here um, because of uh, various issues which which were happening at the time. Um, that gave me an opportunity to, uh, I, I suppose, influence the way the firm grew and our our participation in the economy and what we were going to look like uh, as as it uh, as, as things evolved. Um, we've had a number of sort of landmark. Um, developments in our history. We we took over the Anderson firm, if you remember back. Uh, Anderson was another 
global accounting practice that that uh, unfortunately got in trouble in the United States and and here in Vietnam we were able to take over them back in sort of 2002 or something like that. Um, we've done various sort of mini mergers and acquisitions over that time as people have joined us, but primarily we've grown by recruiting graduates and promoting them through to partner in the in the organisation over over time. So that's been the uh, that's been the journey back in. 2013, I, I uh, led a group of the partners to do a management buyout of the firm here from KPMG International. So we we own our business here in Vietnam and Cambodia, but we're part of the the KPMG International network of firms. So it's uh, you know it's been a great experience and a, and a real learning one. And as you say, the firms evolved massively over that time from being sort of a an audit and tax firm back when I arrived to to being a a pretty broad based. Uh, consulting and professional services firm today, which I guess we'll talk about as we go through. Hiện nay, Vietcetra Store đã mở bán các sản phẩm trong bộ sưu tập daily Vietcetra thiết kế bởi chính đội ngũ nhà chúng mình nhằm phục vụ cho các hoạt động thương nhật của bạn. Nếu bạn là khán giả trung thành và yêu mến nội dung của Vietcetra thì đừng bỏ qua các sản phẩm này nhé. Xem thông tin chi tiết và đặt mua các sản phẩm tại website store.vietcetra.com hoặc nhấp vào đường link ở phần mô tả để đến cửa hàng trực tuyến của Vietcetra. Exactly. I mean, one of the key uh, ways to describe KPMG today and its clients uh, to stay nimble Uh, in this day and age of digital transformation is agile. I understand there's a methodology within KPMG called Agile 2.0 uh, as an organization. Could you describe what agile is? Uh, how would you describe it? And how does it apply to KPMG and its clients exactly? Right. So, so, so at its very simplest level, being agile, just uh, you know, to apply a dictionary definition to it, is just the ability to move the ability to adapt you know as, as we're recording the olympics are on at the moment there's lots of agile athletes uh, on our tv screens now and you know agility is, is 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 exactly that ability to flex to respond to adapt to change and uh, uh an agile organization including kpmg is one therefore that's able to respond to um to changes that are happening in the environment both internally externally and to make sure that you know we continue to be successful as our as our environment changes so so that's really at its at its simplest level i think you can you can um apply it then on multiple different uh, uh levels starting at sort of an enterprise level or a strategy level having a a strategy which is able to change and to move with the time so that's you know being agile and that is really really uh important Uh, and you know, I can talk about that more. Uh, and then at sort of more uh, operational level, you can think about things like agile workplaces. You know, the sort of seating that you have in the office and the the policies that you have around um, working from home versus working on site, working in client premises, all of those sorts of things. So, so you know, agility is a pretty broad spectrum of uh, ideas and thoughts. But uh, ultimately, the most important thing is an agile mindset. It's having people that are able to uh, think on their feet and able to change and respond when uh, when they have to. That's what agility is all about. A lot of that's internal, it sounds like. Maybe you can share more about how you work with uh, your clients externally. I'm sure a lot of them, uh, multinationals, of course, but a lot of them are also large Vietnamese corporations, uh, of which all of them prefer uh, a certain way of working. How, how have you guys had to adapt, uh, given Agile 2.0, covid digital transformation? What are some of the opportunities that have been uncovered? 
Yeah, so, so, so you're right. I mean, the, the, the external forces which push an organisation to change are uh, as important to, to internal. So, so you need the, the building blocks internally to ensure that your organisation is able to respond to external forces. But then externally, you've got, uh, you've got regulators um, uh, making decisions which impact you and your clients. You have mega trends around the world, whether it's uh, data and analytics or blockchain or crypto or whatever is currently uh, in vogue and is, and is pushing management and leadership to think different ways. You have geopolitics. You know, it's been a huge issue in, in Vietnam the last few years has been the global response to the, the previous U.S. administration, which was um, uh, uh, forcing or, or encouraging companies to reorganize supply chains, uh, which Vietnam was a big beneficiary of. All of these sort of external things come into play as well. And uh, as an organization working with clients, we've had to respond to that in a number of different ways. One is really broadening our client base. So as I described when I first came to Vietnam, our story was all about multinational companies, uh, Western, Japanese, Singaporean, and so on. Uh, today, our story is increasingly about Vietnamese companies. It's working with the biggest and the best Vietnamese uh, companies in the market to 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 help them help them be uh, globally competitive, help them to adopt international best practice into their businesses in Vietnam and uh, and so on. So so one of the things we've had to do as an organisation is to be agile about who we think of as clients and uh, whether they're state-owned enterprises or big listed companies or um, privately owned entrepreneur-backed, private equity-backed companies in Vietnam. Uh, these guys are really important clients to us today. So, so that's uh, that's an example of being agile, and and certainly serving them is a lot different. You know, our um, multinational client base is largely uh, relationship led from outside Vietnam. So, uh, we would have relationships at the head office in Tokyo or in New York or London, wherever they are, and you know, we receive instructions to serve them here in Vietnam. In 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 relation to the emerging Vietnamese client base. It's really much different. We have to have on-the-ground relationship uh, abilities. We have to have understanding and local intelligence about who's relevant in the market, what clients are, are, are doing things, you know, who are the emerging players in different sectors and so on and so forth, all skills that we didn't really need uh, to serve multinational companies. And we also need to have uh, different um, um, skills internally, whether it's particularly our, our sort of uh, understanding of different buying cultures. Uh, and you certainly have clients from the West versus Japan versus Vietnam or other parts of Asia, uh, you know, make their buying decisions on a different basis. You know, understanding all those things is really, really uh, important as well. So, you know, the, the, um, uh, the ability of us to respond to that is, is really critical. And uh, the other thing is the nature of the services that are demanded. So, uh, you know, multinational companies have tended in the past to really focus when they're coming to a KPMG on our audit services or our tax services uh, or our legal services. Um, the local client base tends to be more interested in our management consulting practice and our ability to help them with um, things like setting strategy. So our, our strategy consultants, uh, tech, tech solutions, tech enablement, all these sorts of services are much more important in that local space as well. So if we weren't an agile organization and we hadn't managed to change uh, and, and to flex our, our um, space in the market where we're operating the services that we're offering, the type of clients we're, we're, we're serving, then uh, you know, we'd be a lot smaller and a lot less successful than, than we are today. Uh, agility is a very um, sought after 
uh, characteristic of companies. Maybe you can share about how you guys analyzed and structured agility within the organization. Were assessments made? Were uh, surveys? Were workshops run? How did that work exactly? And how did that help to uh, determine how you structure agility within the organization? Yeah, so so we we recognized that we had to um, change the way we were doing things if we were going to be successful. So you know our industry is very competitive. We have not only um, the the world of the big four, and that's an extremely competitive world, and and our you know though the the they're all world class organizations that we have to be better than in order to succeed. But of course we're also competing now in different parts of our business with. Um, you know, the startup sector in, 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 in the tech field, uh, law firms, local and, and global in that space as well. The strategy houses, we compete with them with our, our own strategy business. So, so responding to the competitive environment was, was really the, um, the, 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 the critical thing that, that forced us to rethink our, our model and how we go about um, changing our strategy in order to be more, more agile. Uh, the first thing we did was a, 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 a people-based assessment, which was to use uh, an HR consulting firm to do an agility assessment where you can actually take your population, uh, all the people that work with you, give them a, uh, you know, a questionnaire and have them assess their, uh, their, their level of agility. And uh, there's some science to that. But essentially, that showed us that um, we uh, uh, are not a very agile organization when we're broken down on an individual basis. And if you, if you think about it, the reason that uh, people come and work at KPMG is because they're usually deep, deep experts in a particular field. Maybe they're auditors, maybe they are uh, tech experts, maybe they're lawyers, maybe they're tax experts. They're really, really good at what they do. They're the best at what they do. And uh, you know, by definition, People that are deep, deep experts in something aren't always the most agile. So uh, as an organization, we determined that we had incredibly deep expertise and uh, that this was really, really important to us and also to our clients. That's why clients come to KPMG. But we didn't have much agility in the organization. We had not, not enough people that were able to um, see across the field of play, that were able to adapt to new uh, uh, circumstances or the changes in the external environment that were able to run projects across multiple functions and, and so on and so forth. So we really set about changing that formula and we did it in, in, in a number of different ways. One is to train people because you can, you can train agility. You can, you can teach people to, um, uh, to think more broadly and to take more factors into account in decision making, those sorts of things. Uh, but also in recruitment, you know, we, we, we made sure that when we were recruiting both at the graduate level and, you know, KPMG, we take around 400 graduates out of Vietnam's uh, and Cambodia's universities every year. Uh, when we were assessing graduates, we, we looked at the agility of those young people, uh, agility factors, and that comes through in, in the way they solve problems and their communication skills and so on and so forth. Uh, but also our lateral hires, when we're looking at bringing people into the market, we have... Um, maybe 16 or 17 different nationalities working at KPMG, Vietnam, Cambodia, um, making sure that we're bringing people into the market with, with high levels of agility as well to balance up that, that deep technical expertise that, that the organization possesses. So, so that was really important, um, that, that um, self-discovery as an organization and then systemically working out how we were going to, to deal with it. Um, we also needed to ensure that we we established a tone at the top, which was agile in mindset. So I had to ensure that myself and my leadership team were 
open-minded to uh, adopting technology and to changing the way we do things so that everybody could see that we were an agile organization. Uh, and that meant uh, a lot more communication with staff about how we were thinking, what we were planning to do, why we were doing things. Um, you know, historically in top-down organizations, particularly in Asian cultures, bosses don't feel they need to explain to the team why they're doing something. Uh, at KPMG, we really do that. We do that a lot, uh, maybe too much, uh, but that's, that's important. Um, and it's important that all of the leadership group do that as well. We also recognize that some of the best ideas in the organization are not from old people like me, but they're from those, those, those 400 graduates that join us every year. So, so ensuring that we have um, channels, whether it's through sort of um, hackathons or, or, or competitions or um, communication channels that enable people to service ideas and to bring them, bring them up through the organization. Because a number of the best ideas have, 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 uh, have come from lower levels in the organization. And, you know, we've used design thinking to design strategy that, that's really great for um, uh, younger uh, generations and uh, more agile generations to get involved. And that's been a, a big part of our, our, uh, our formula as well. And the last thing we did is we really made sure that our physical environment, our offices, looked and felt like agile environments. So we, you know, we refitted them with a different different sort of um, uh, seating styles that recognise the uh, uh, the different ways people work. We adopted technology to enable people to work uh, from anywhere, and uh, we call agile anywhere. Um, the physical environment was also really important. So it goes, so it starts from strategy through culture through sort of changes to physical environment. It's a very, very holistic. If you try to do one thing, doesn't work. You've got to adopt a holistic approach to uh, creating an agile organization. Excellent. Thanks for that recap work. I mean, I can see the office in the background. That's the virtual background, of course, of yours. But uh, having been a visitor, uh, it really is a fantastic place to work. Uh, I mean, with that said, you mentioned the intake of new graduates every year to KPMG. I remember I had a meeting uh, with the RMIT program manager for recruitment. Uh, three of the most, actually two of the ones I remember at least, KPMG is number one, uh, et cetera is number two, actually. So <laughs> anyways, um, Young people, very important to the agility of an organization. Um, it seems like you guys have done a kind of in-house a review of your own agility and have come to produce solutions and luckily been able to implement them. Um, for companies out there that are looking at how to kind of like uh, see the need for ag agile kind of functionality or digital transformation, what do you tell them? What do they have to look out for to adopt that mindset, uh, even if it's necessary at all in the first place? Yeah. So, so, so the first thing uh, is to make it clear that it is necessary. You know, if you look today at the um, 10 biggest companies in the world, seven of them didn't exist 20, 25 years ago, you know, and, uh, uh, that means that the seven that were there 20, 25 years ago are no longer in the top 10 and some of them dis disappeared altogether. So you, you can identify those companies that are going to survive or thrive or disappear um, based on agility. And we, we can see we've seen a similar thing in Vietnam. You know, when I came here 20 years ago, the biggest and most important companies in the, in the country were the big um, state-owned enterprises. Um, in many sectors, in many cases, they've been eclipsed by private enterprise uh, players, private sector players today. And the reason is agility. It's the ability of those companies to adapt to the environment that they're working in. I'm talking both those, those global MNCs or in Vietnam, uh, and the ability of, of younger, more nimble players to respond as well. 
So you've got to decide as a business leader, do you want to be, do you want to be a, you know, a survivor uh, or not? Because if you if you don't adapt, if you're not agile, you're going to be overtaken by others and, and you're going to disappear. So I think there's a real uh, imperative for business owners and leaders to to be agile and having that conversation in the C-suite is is the first thing. This isn't really an option. You've you've got to do this, or or, or you're going to disappear. And that was certainly the case uh, for us at KPMG. You know, if we didn't change, we 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 wouldn't be what we are today, and we certainly wouldn't have a future. Um, I think that's that's the number one thing. I think the second thing is there are um, very um, you know clear methodologies and tools that you can apply and you can push into the business to to make it agile. Uh, you know, the agile workplace is sort of um, you know, uh, not a simple thing. It's actually difficult. It's 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 hard to implement, but it's a it's a starting point, um, and and that comes down to things like office design, office policies, and so on and so forth. Things like flexible work uh, arrangements are also difficult, but uh, you know there are methodologies to implement them. So I think taking taking just taking it um, piece by piece, starting out with the the necessary strategic imperative and then breaking it down into the steps that you can you can adopt some of them small some of them big to ensure you're going to survive I, I i think that's really the conversation that we have and then you know at kpmg because we are a multidisciplinary professional services firm we've got people uh whether it's in technology or in hr policy design or in in, in um you know financial reporting design uh, kpi setting all of those sorts of things experts from across the field that can help companies through the agile journey Hiện nay, Vietcetra Store đã mở bán các sản phẩm trong bộ sưu tập Daily Vietcetra thiết kế bởi chính đội ngũ nhà chúng mình nhằm phục vụ cho các hoạt động thương nhật của bạn. Nếu bạn là khán giả trung thành và yêu mến nội dung của Vietcetra thì đừng bỏ qua các sản phẩm này nhé. Xem thông tin chi tiết và đặt mua các sản phẩm tại website store.vietcetra.com hoặc nhấp vào đường link ở phần mô tả để đến cửa hàng trực tuyến của Vietcetra. So it seems like agility and agileness are kind of results of a journey that companies take and individuals take. Uh, and in this case, design thinking, which is what you referenced earlier. Break down what design thinking is exactly, especially for companies that aren't design <laughs> companies. Uh, what does that mean for clients, big or small, of KPMGs or those that are out there um, thinking about Agility. What is design thinking for these for these companies? Yeah. So, so, so design thinking came out of the world of product design, and it was it was um, popularized in particular by Apple, Steve Jobs, and Apple, and the way they they took the uh, the sort of um, the idea of the old uh, um, um, you know Sony Walkman and turned it into something totally different, or the way they they transformed um, computing and telephones and those sorts of things using design thinking principles. But they they were applying Uh, principles of industrial design that have been used in in designing um, uh, motor cars and other things over the, over the course of time. Um, what has been done more recently by management thinkers is to take those principles of product design, design thinking, and designing products into strategy design and business strategy design. And uh, uh, there are some really specific tools that that product designers use that uh, they they apply to think through how they're going to redesign things and I'll, I'll I'll give a few examples later if you want um, and 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 apply them in the in the form of strategy um, and typically design thinking is is really uh, about turning around your strategic thinking from 
where, where you're looking out to the market and saying, right, these are the products we offer. How do we sell them? To putting yourself in the, in the seat of the consumer and saying, right, the consumer or the buyer, what do they need? What are the problems they're trying to solve? What are the pain points in their processes? And then you design your strategy uh, to, to help them around that. So, so we started a design thinking process, uh, KPMG, back in 2013-14 uh, in Vietnam and Cambodia. Where we where we were redesigning our strategy um, uh, and 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 recognizing, as I said, this need to become an agile organization, and and we applied design thinking methodologies. We we uh, we had a huge uh, event with all of our staff, um, the equivalent of a kind of a hackathon, if you like, to get them to come up with ideas and 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 hack into the some of the problems and, and the solutions and some of those some of those things that were surfaced by teams of young uh, professionals back in 2013 are uh, uh, business as usual at KPMG today. So an example of that is our on-demand app, which is a product we de- developed here in Vietnam uh, to enable um, our clients to access KPMG in a very different way. Uh, that came out of that process as well. And then we designed, then we applied some of the um, some of the design thinking tools like uh, uh, subtraction or alternate worlds or uh, accessible design and so on into the design of our, our strategies to come up with what we as, we as an organization were going to look and feel like. And, uh, you know, it's made a huge difference to, to I think, our strategy over time and been, been really successful as well. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, very useful set of tools. So tell us about some of the clients that have adopted this design thinking since you guys implemented it rigorously back in 2013-14. Uh, what are the profiles of those companies? Maybe not naming names unless you're comfortable with doing that, of course. Um, how do they approach that design thinking and become agile? Yeah, so, so it's, it's, um, it's typically companies that are looking at, um, at change. So Vietnam has been going through an enormous um, structural change over the, these last 20 years, uh, particularly as it's opened up to the outside world and um, increasingly opened up the economy, in other words, become more globalized. And what that has meant is that the competitive environment has, has changed. So a, uh, a, a sector which has been really active in this is the financial services space. And you know, you go back. Um, you go back twenty years. You don't even need to go back that far, and you would know that Vietnam was Vietnam's banking sector, for example, was dominated by big four um, uh, state-owned banks and the the foreign banks. Um, since that, there's a very, very vibrant uh, private sector banking uh, uh, industry has developed. Joint stock banks and and, and other privately owned banks have have come out uh, as as competitors. Uh, for both those those state-owned banks and uh, and the foreign banks, and you know you can you can you can sense design thinking in the way they approach customer service, um, because they have gone from very much a, a a customer service experience which was driven around regulatory requirements and past practices to one which is customer centric. Uh, so the payment system, for example, the ability to pay things with an app, cashless cashless. Um, uh, transactions and banking, those sorts of things are a reflection of um, design thinking. Uh, also, the physical environment of bank branches, another another area that you would see that. So I think that's a sector which has been really uh, active in changing its uh, its customer experience. And, and that's largely a response, as I say, to Vietnam um, opening up its, its, its business environment to international players and local players recognizing that they need to be uh, competitive in order to survive. Um, we've also seen a lot of innovation in the 
consumer goods market. I think that's another area, the sort of Vietnam made goods. And there are a number of great examples where Vietnamese manufactured and branded products are, 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 you know, are beating international competitors in the market as well. You can see that they've been applying design thinking to look at the Vietnamese consumer and how they how they respond to different things uh, and, and then in a much more agile way, being able to beat multinational companies at their own game in the market. So that's a space, the tech sector, obviously, you know, the tech sector has agility and does design thinking in its, in its DNA, right? So you look at the growth of companies, I will name one, VNG, for example, which has got, you know, products in the market, which are, which are you know, internationally recognizable. You're gonna, you're gonna, you, would, you would see um, chat apps or, or, or those sorts of things uh, used globally, but Vietnamese versions of that, which are really suited to the, to the local market, local consumers. So they've been developed clearly with design thinking tools and methodologies in, in, in mind. So I think, you know, there's, there's lots of great examples that you can see um, companies have brought it to life. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I could go on and on. But, you know, the hospitality sector, I think, is another one. Um, whether it's in food and beverages or in the hotels, tourism, transportation, the airline sector, uh, also, with particularly with competition coming in and, and uh, creating a different playing field there uh, from the old sort of um, state-owned Vietnam Airlines dominated space. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that work. And we've seen the same thing. You know, a lot of these companies are uh, thinking about it, but have yet to find the actual practice to formulate and strategize and plan that thinking, uh, let alone come to the end result of uh, being more agile and improving that agility over time. So it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of years for Vietnamese companies, especially as we hopefully emerge out of the COVID lockdown very soon. And a lot of these companies are rethinking about how they think. So anyways, uh, that kind of concludes our discussion today about design thinking, about Agile 2.0, of which KPMG has been uh, a prominent player in Vietnam for uh, work. Thank you for your time this afternoon, morning rather, um, my evening, your morning, um, for sharing your thoughts today about that. Uh, I'd love to also just conclude with uh, kind of a simple note. You mentioned that there are 400 new graduates joining KPMG every single year. Maybe you can do a quick shout out for those looking for new uh, career opportunities or seeking uh, kind of industries to look out for. What's kind of your, your quick 60 second elevator pitch for those considering a career uh, and anything related to what KPMG does? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a great question, and and thanks for the opportunity because it's a you know it's a it's a competitive market um, for employers and for employees. So, uh, it, you know, it's important. Um, you know, we we are fortunate to be able to uh, employ so many young people every year uh, because of our business model and the way we 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 operate. But it's really competitive for those guys uh, and girls. You know, as I say, we employ about 400, but we would get five, 6,000 applicants to our graduate program. So anybody that wants to, you know, have a career in this sort of place needs to be, uh, you know, needs to be good at what they do, need to really pursue the opportunity and to differentiate, differentiate themselves in a, in a pretty crowded, crowded field. I think what, uh, you know, students and, and people looking to join an organization need to think about and and it, and it's not easy but it's to really think about longer term not not short term uh don't think about the immediate six months or 12 months but think about where your career is heading and 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 uh what sort of foundations you want to lay for a a successful career so 
an organization that that uh, invests heavily in training and development, uh, not 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 classroom training, well, not just classroom training, but also the experience is, I think, really, really important. I think also looking at culture uh, is important as well. You know, um, uh, you know, we are at KPMG an international organization. You know, we have, as I said, many, many, many nationalities working for us, but uh, um, you know, we 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 recognise we need to provide global standards of service in this market, and uh, albeit with you know local characteristics, both in Vietnam and in, in Cambodia. So you know, I think looking at the culture of the organisation, uh, talking to other people that work there, and just saying, hey, are these people I want to work with? Do I want to see these people every day uh, or not? Because that's uh, that's that's really important uh, as well. So you know, lots of things to to think about, lots of ways to. Uh, uh, you know, in, in many ways, you know, we all wish we were we were 21 again, and and you know, out there kicking off our career, what decisions we would make, how we would make different decisions. It's not always easy to say uh, where you would go, but um, yeah, I think I think join, joining an organisation like KPMG, and we're not the only ones in the market offering this sort of environment, but uh, uh, it's it's a way to to enjoy an international standard career where you're going to continually learn. It's a life, lifetime learning experience working in an organization like this. So so that's what I would encourage people to think through. Excellent. Well, it's coming from the man that's worked at KPMG for 23 years, 26 years, 23 in Vietnam, and obviously um, has built an organization now employing 1,800 people. So hopefully those listening out there that are in their 20s are also thinking of their future just like yours. Uh, thank you so much, work. Thank you again for sharing your thoughts about design thinking, Agile 2.0, and what the future of Vietnam and Cambodia is looking as well. Um, any final notes that you'd like to share? Yeah, look, um, no, uh, other than saying thank you very much, How It's great. I've really enjoyed the the, the chat this morning. I, uh, you know, I, I know it's difficult times for a lot of us in business. We can see those those businesses that have been able to um, be agile, to, to switch their, their mindset, their thinking, their business models, and so on. Uh, switch it up quickly, whether they're big organizations like mine or or, or, or small op- organizations are the ones that are going to come out of this much stronger. Re- research shows that that companies that lean into crises like this and continue investing, challenging, changing, uh, are the ones that come out of it most most strong. So, you know, the tendency is to cut, to be conservative, to play it safe. Uh, this is probably a great time to take some risks as well, uh, but make them educated and informed risks. So, uh, yeah, really enjoyed it. Hal, thank you very much to you and your and your team and uh, look forward to many more great conversations. Excellent. Thanks for those parting words. And for those of you listening to this episode of Vietnam Made of Aries, don't forget it comes out every Tuesday, starting again weekly. Sorry for the break, uh, one month break, summer break for me. Um, but we're back on back in action. We'll have a lot of guests with our partners, KPMG, of course. They'll be inviting some excellent, great uh, partners in the ecosystem helping to drive agile and partnership ecosystems, digital ecosystems in Vietnam so and Cambodia. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, and a big thanks to our friends at ELSA as well. Uh, so for those of you listening on this episode, thank you so much for tuning in, and we look forward to welcoming you back next week. Cheers. Thank you, Vork. Thank you. Vietcetra's Vietnam Innovator Series is only one of many podcasts hosted by the team. We also have Have a Sip, hosted by our VP of Content, Thuy Min, as well as the Vietnamese edition of Vietnam Innovators, hosted by Vietcetra's Chief Operating Officer, Ruby Nguyen. Look out for more podcast production soon from the Vietcetra team. 
You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content. Entering the Vietnamese market since 1994, KPMG is one of the largest professional service firms in the country, with over 1,800 experts serving international and local clients in a wide range of industries. Recognized for its excellent auditing and tax services, KPMG has also since expanded to other services such as legal, deal consulting, and business consulting. Hey guys, the Vietcetra app is finally here. You can download our app on the Apple App Store right now, and to our Android users, the app version is coming to you very soon.